0: Thank you.
1: Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 6,
0: Polybius. It was 1981, and the height of the arcade craze in Portland, Oregon. Lines wrapping from outside the building to around the corner with children and adults alike, all waiting to get their next fix at their favorite video games. Excitement and anxiety filled the air and the jingling of coin filled pockets could be heard everywhere. When the doors opened, everyone raced inside, each targeting their desired arcade cabinets filled with the latest and most exciting games to date. Machines lined the room, creating a maze of flashing colors and neon lights. Sounds coming from machines mixed with Synthwave playing throughout the Arcade would set the tone of the evening. There were so many options. Pac-Man, Frogger, Galaga, Tempest, Donkey Kong. The list goes on and on. Each cabinet had large groups of people waiting for their turn or watching the next high score be broken. Everyone was competing to be the best. It was a Saturday night as the cool autumn air made its way to the suburbs of Portland. Jackson, along with his three friends, Brett, Mike, and Bobby, all rode their bikes to the nearest arcade, as they do every weekend, and had done the night before. When they arrived, they went directly for Galaga. Tonight was the night. They were going to achieve the high score and knock out the previous to be on top. The goal of seeing their name on top was everything they dreamed of, being the best against all the rest. While Jackson played his turn, the others crowded around cheering him on as he went further than he had before. Bobby happened to look around the room, looking for an available machine to play while he waited for his round. Out of the corner of his eye, he spotted a lonely machine in the corner of the room. This was new. It wasn't there the day prior. He immediately ran over to it as no one else was using it at the time. He was very intrigued by this particular cabinet as it was all black, no markings, no pictures or artwork on the exterior. It seemed almost like it was calling to him. He approached the machine and the title, Polybius, illuminated the screen. The title was bubbly and vibrant unlike most of the games that he was used to. The title screen was very minimal, with the name and a copyright at the bottom. He had to try it. As he inserted his quarter in the machine, he could feel the excitement overtake him. Flashing lights and abstract figures appeared on the screen, reminiscent of Tempest at the time. The game felt very puzzle-focused, and he was immediately hooked. Meanwhile, Jackson, Brett, and Mike all took turns playing Galaga. After several hours had passed, they wondered where their friend was. They raced around the maze-like arcade looking for him, till they found him in the back of the room. Upon running up to him, they called his name numerous times and he didn't respond. Once they reached him, they attempted to speak to him, but he didn't react. They pulled him away and he appeared to be in a trance-like state. He wouldn't speak and didn't act like his normal self. They had to force him away from the Polybius machine, not paying any mind to the new game. Once they dragged him outside, they proceeded to ask him what was wrong. Bobby couldn't recount his past hours spent playing the game, in fact, he couldn't recount anything. He proceeded to question the group and who they were. Jackson thought he was pranking them and trying to pull one over on them, but Bobby was adamant in the fact that he didn't know them or why he was there. It was as though he had lost his memory. They tried to explain that they had came there that evening, as they always do, and he had left them for a few hours, and they found him playing a game they had never seen. By this time, Bobby did not feel well. He complained of feeling ill and wanted to lay down. Jackson and the others proceeded to walk Bobby and their bikes home. Once they reached Bobby's house, he told them he didn't live there. They tried to reason with him and tell him his parents would be worried about him. Brett raced to the door requesting the parents come out to bring Bobby inside. They proceeded to explain what had happened that evening. After Bobby was safely inside, they all went their separate ways back to their houses. The following Monday, they all met back at school and talked about their weekend. However, Bobby was not there that day. This is very surprising to them because he never missed a day. He often mocked them because of his perfect attendance. It was very unlike him. After school, they all rode their bikes to Bobby's house. Bobby's mother answered the door and proceeded to ask them where he was and if he was with them. They explained that he hadn't shown up for school that day and they were worried after how he had acted on Saturday night. Bobby's mother looked shocked and panicked at the thought. She told them he wasn't in his bed or his room on Sunday morning. They assumed he went to his friend's house, but he never came home. She became very worried and decided to contact the local police to report him missing. The weeks followed and Bobby hadn't been found. The family started to lose hope, and the police told them that he may have ran away. However, they did not believe this, as it wasn't in his nature to do so. Jackson, Brett, and Mike were distraught over the fact that they hadn't seen their best friend in weeks. They tried going back to the arcade, hoping to find him, but were unsuccessful. They started asking some of the regulars if he had seen them or heard anything. They told them of the night that they were there with Bobby running off to play the new Polybius machine and not being himself afterward. To their surprise, one of the regulars, Dan, told them that he had heard of people playing the game and becoming addicted or falling ill afterward. As they proceeded to talk about Polybius and the strange occurrences surrounding it, one of the others in the group told them that he had seen some men dressed in black suits coming to work on the machines. They didn't know if they were there servicing them, but it appeared that they were gathering data from the machine. An uneasy feeling overtook Jackson as he asked them when they were there last. Maybe they knew what happened to Bobby. The men had been in the week prior, and they didn't know when they would be back there next. However, they didn't look like the ordinary people that come to service the machines from time to time. By this time, they realized Mike was no longer in the group. They assumed that he went to the restroom and waited for him to come back. They continued to talk about other arcades that they had heard of that had recently acquired Polybius as well. Some friends at another arcade heard of a few people that had came and played the game. One of them collapsed on his way home and was found in a nearby neighbor's yard. Another person claimed to lose their memory for a short period of time, similar to what happened to Bobby. They even heard of someone else having a heart attack while playing the game. Terror started to set in as they realized Mike still hadn't came back from the restroom. They told the group that they would catch up with him later and went to go find him. To their surprise, they found him at the Polybius cabinet, entranced by the game. They slowly approached him, expecting the same reaction they received from Bobby. Brett tapped him on the shoulder... Startled, Mike turned around and asked what they were doing. They immediately felt relieved that he was okay. They asked him why he was playing the game after hearing how it had been affecting everyone that played it. Mike proceeded to tell them that he wanted to see what all the fuss was about. He felt it wasn't anything special and it was just a game. He didn't believe any of the claims and told them that they shouldn't either. However, that didn't explain what happened to Bobby and why it affected him. They decided to leave the arcade and head home, leaving more unhappy and confused than when they had arrived. They exchanged goodbyes and each went back to their homes for the night. The next day they met back at school. There was still no sign or any word of Bobby. People were starting to return to normal and it seemed like just another day in their high school. Bobby's disappearance didn't seem so important anymore. While talking at lunch, Brett suggested they go back to the arcade and try to have a normal night. After all, Bobby would want them to continue to go to the arcade, and if he was with them, he would be the one suggesting it. Jackson agreed to go, but Mike was not interested. He told Brett and Jackson that he no longer wanted to waste his time or money going to the arcade. He felt like it was childish and tried to talk them out of going. Shocked by this, they asked why he had a sudden change in opinion of the arcade. Mike loved going to the arcade and he loved playing the games. This was unlike him. After not being able to convince them, Mike was getting more and more frustrated and told them that they were stupid if they wanted to waste their lives playing silly games. After that, he left the group and avoided them for the rest of the day. Jackson, being the oldest in the group, felt the most offended by Mike's rash decision to stop playing arcade games, and calling them childish for doing so. Something wasn't right. That night, Jackson and Brett went back to the arcade to blow off some steam from the afternoon. They played their normal favorite games and had a fun time, but they couldn't help from feeling guilty for enjoying themselves, given everything that had happened especially since Bobby still had not been found. Despite how much fun they had, they both agreed to take a break from going to the arcade so they could focus on finding their friend and try to fix things with Mike. After a few weeks had passed, they were able to convince Mike to hang out with them again, so long as they promised to not talk about the arcade or Polybius. There was still no update on Bobby, The police had decided to call it quits on their search for him, as it had been over two months since his disappearance. They had given up hope at this point. The weekend quickly came, and Jackson and Brett decided to once again revisit their favorite arcade. When they arrived, they greeted some of the regulars and mingled for a while before venturing out to play some of the newly acquired games. To their surprise, there were many new cabinets in that they hadn't gotten to try out yet. After all, it had been another month since they were there last. They went from machine to machine, trying out each and every one of them. The once familiar feeling of excitement overtook them as the hours quickly passed. After they realized how late it was, they decided that they should get home as they were nearing their curfew. While walking through the arcade towards the exit, they both looked back to the corner, expecting to see the Polybius machine there. To their surprise, was gone they met dan standing outside the arcade smoking a cigarette and asked him what happened to the cabinet that held polybius dan told them he came in one day and it was gone no one knew what happened to it or why it was removed there was a lot of speculation as to why but no one knew for sure he jokingly referred to polybius as the possessed game They laughed it off, feeling slightly uneasy, and left the arcade. To this day, no one knows where the Polybius Arcade game came from, or why it was removed. There were reports all over Portland of the game and multiple stories of people that played it. There have been many that have speculated as to what the game was and why it was created. Of those, the most notable theories being that it was a possessed game, made to take the souls of those that played it. Another theory was that it was made by the government to practice mind control. Many publications have written of the game, and many people have came forth claiming to have once played it. However, no real evidence of the game exists to this day. Welcome, campers, to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling.
1: We're your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now the debrief. So this uh Polybius. That's a, a pretty crazy story. You know what I or what I immediately thought of? What's up? Is um Do you know who Polybius was? The Greek historian? Yes. Yes. Like his central thing was about not recording not recording things without evidence exactly that
0: historians shouldn't report on anything that they could not verify
1: right. It's an odd coincidence I additionally,
0: guess. he also invented the cipher square,
1: yeah, yeah
0: um Interesting. and. Uh, random fact, Polybius roughly translate to translate to many lives. Okay. Uh, another funny thing talking about the Polybius historian, he was from Arcadia, Greece. Yeah. So, many many uh similarities there. Yep.
1: Yeah. In your opinion does that does that lend itself to like to the side that this is like a hoax of fabrication that you know that they chose a name for it that's so like sort of on the nose right like an arcadian historian obsessed with evidence
0: you know i wouldn't say i wouldn't say specifically um yeah i would say with polybius just the name i think it was um it was more because there was also another game at the time called polyplay um, okay. And there were multiple vector-based games at the time, which Polybius was a vector-based game, right? Um, with smooth lines, like lots of lots of abstract shapes and things like that. I think uh, I think a lot of it just comes off of just the name. I think it's very coincidental. Um, but there are a lot of coincidences that are too close for comfort, to be quite honest.
1: Yeah, I get that for sure. But does the urban legend itself include like an abduction
0: an abduction
1: meaning, yeah, like kids playing it and going missing
0: so there were reports um there were actually several reports of side effects of playing the game um of those were nightmares, um memory loss. Disappearances, people committing suicide, Um, you know, even to play the or to play the game, there were fights that would break out nightly over people that wanted to play because of how much you know how much of an addiction that it created. But yeah, there were there were multiple reports of disappearances, um, and like I said, even people just dying from playing the game or committing suicide. So
1: there are like real accounts like people people who claim to have played it and experienced these things
0: there are claims yes
1: Um,
0: there are some random newspaper articles um, that are out out there of people claiming to have played um, a specific game um, where they felt very ill afterwards like You know, they didn't feel themselves. They were getting sick. Um, You know, a lot of just different accounts of that, which, I mean, one of the most notable that doesn't really pertain to this one. uh, But there was actually a case of a child or a uh, I think it was 12 or 13, a kid named by the name uh, by the name of Brian Morrow. Um, He had actually gotten sick after playing Asteroids, uh, the game Asteroids for a long period of time. He played for like forty hours, and during the time, he some like drank... record
1: attempt or something.
0: Exactly, trying to trying okay. to beat the record, and during the time, he drank a lot of soda. So <laughs> you know, afterwards, he claimed of feeling very sick. And I mean, you're playing a game for forty hours. You're literally just no filling yourself there, on soda, right? <laughs> you know, so like, there's there's been accounts like that of other games that people have gotten sick or ill afterwards. Um, but right. very much, I mean, there's a lot to explain why, and I think that one is very, you know, duh, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. absolutely.
1: So one thing that piqued my interest was the the black suits, right? Yes. The uh, I assume that's that's a part of the the urban legend is the uh, the men in black, The black suits, right?
0: Yes. So the men in black. Um, we all we all know the men in black and you know that's something we're also going to cover at a later point but these men in, in black suits fully fully decked out in black suits that were very out of the ordinary. You know normally in in these gaming arcades you see some random technician or someone that comes and works on the systems here, you know here and there just doing like normal uh, just normal work on them. But sure. in this particular case, they would they saw you know these men, they didn't say a thing, they came in, went right to the Polybius machine, gathered what appeared to be data from the system. That data being names of the people with high scores, um, you know, attempts, the you know, different things that they played. There was actually, um, someone that stated. That they had seen them on a screen that you couldn't access from the game itself, almost like a uh, more in-depth, like diagnostic or something like that area okay. within the system uh, that they would gather this information from. Okay. And so, you know, they would come in, not speaking to anyone, and they would leave just as quickly as they came in, again not speaking to anyone. And so, it was very off-putting, being that you know they were dressed in these suits, you know, looked like somebody that you would not expect, especially in an arcade in the eighties. Right now to further that, you know, there was also in the eighties, there was a, you know, a lot of, a lot of arcades got kind of into the underground network of gambling. Um, exactly. They were basically a front for an underground casino. Right. The FBI did catch on to this. So, it wasn't out of the ordinary for some of these arcades to get busted by the FBI, um, you know, just for these gamblings going on. Um, and there was actually a lot of arcades that had FBI and members of the FBI that would come in and install cameras on each of the gaming cabinets, okay. too, to watch the people that were playing them and yeah. to see who was playing them, what they were doing at the time, and to also monitor the rest of the arcade.
1: That's funny. Arcades were gambling in the 80s. By the time we were kids in the 90s, it was strictly for drug dealing. (laughs) Right. So. (laughs) Yeah. Always a hot spot for, you know, a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But. So in your mind, do these men in black in this scenario, or are we talking government agents or are we talking men in fucking black? Like, see, that's. I don't know i don't know what do you because, think because you know
0: personally i want to think that these are legit men in black okay. you know that are there they're gathering all this information i want to think that polybius is this crazy supernatural Machine that is gathering up all this stuff or, you know, like they said, you know, said to take the lives of the or take the souls of the people that played it. I want to I want that so much. But personally, what I actually believe, I believe it's probably FBI. I believe, you know, because in the 80s, a lot of these gaming cabinets that came out, Portland was a big, a big area for testing new games so right. when they tested new games, they didn't release them in cabinets that were decked out in artwork and everything. They were in these right. black, blank, blank cabinets that they would put these games into and literally just throw them into random arcades just for testing purposes. And then, you know, people would come in, check the di- or you know, check the data, see how people are responsive to it. You know, if it's something that they actually want to continue to put out. Um, right. you know, so I think you know i I wanna I wanna look at it or I think of it like that that it's that's most likely what it was um, yeah, but you know, and also these men in these black suits, they could either be part of the company coming in to just collect the the data mm-hmm. or yeah, you know, maybe these particular arcades were targeted. As a possibility, or it was just something that they, you know, the FBI was keeping tabs on a lot of, you know, arcades in general. And so they were, you know, looking at some of these newer machines and things like that just to collect that data to see, you know, who was playing it, check cameras and things like that. Again, it's hard to say for sure,
1: though. I have a theory for you that involves the government and aliens. You ready? Yeah, I want to hear it. Okay. So. This instantly came to mind. There's this theory, right, that the video game industry, in general, has been embraced and basically backed by the government because they're, essent- they're essentially, the idea is to train people to be able to pilot drones in in the event of an alien invasion, right. This is like a long, a long-standing conspiracy about the gaming industry. So, like, maybe it's both. That's very possible. Um,
0: that actually leads into another thing. So, um, you know, there there's a lot of just random data, random things, uh, you know, random things that have kind of been speculated. Um, so there was said that one of the creators um of Polybius was a guy by the name of Ed Rotberg. Um, he created a game called Battle Zone uh, for Atari. It was actually the very one of the very first VR games uh, that you played wearing goggles. um okay. and it was one of the ba- basically the very first VR style games that was ever made. Um, and then the government actually contacted Atari, requesting a special version of that game to be made to train tank gunners. That's awesome. And so you know that kind of goes along with piloting drones and things like that. You know, um, yeah. I don't know for sure if that was actually who who created it. It was claimed that he was one of the he was one of the developers. Um, but the fact that he did make that battle zone game, they were contacted, you know, by the government requested, you know, per part of this training and everything does kind of line up.
1: Right. Proven cooperation between a supposed developer and the government. That's, I can see how that, you know, would catch some eye.
0: Right. Right. And so, but, you know, at the same time, um, you know there there's a lot of a lot of additional things out there. I mean, you know the game the game was made by a no name company um, that had never never been heard of. There was no actual record of the company ever existing. Uh, the company is called Sennus Lotion, uh, which okay, in, ge- in German in German uh, loosely translates to sensory, uh, sensory deprivation or delete senses. Okay. So you know, kind of going along with that does also you know kind of further further solidifies that too.
1: It's um, like kind of broken German, though. It is. It? It's very that's much like broken way German. short. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like I said, it's very loosely loosely translated.
1: Okay. Yeah. Hmm. It's- now you know the question at that point is: is that like a a German company like? doing like a you know making a choice with their naming the naming of their company to make it like kind of short and catchy or is that like you know someone doing a bad job of naming a a german company <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs>
0: yeah um that i i honestly i i don't know um yeah. you know because it it does you know like you could literally go into google google translate and Translate sensory, de- sensory deprivation into German. It's going to give you some whatever, yeah, some broken, um, terrible, exactly. So maybe yeah. maybe somebody was like, "Hey, you know, we'll call it this. This is going to be what it's based around, and make up uh-huh. some random word that fits it." Um, you know, it, that's possible because it was a no-name company. They don't have any record of ever existing. I mean, even looking through archives of. Game developers, or even old, you know, old companies that aren't, you know, aren't even established to this day, or that have died out, and things like that. This company has never technically existed.
1: Well, that's a check in the hoax column. That yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
0: so definitely, um, you know, and kind of, kind of touching back on the other, the other aspect of it uh, being kind of sensory deprivation or, you know, deleting senses that more, more of a mind control aspect of it. So, yeah. uh, you know, think along the lines of MK ultra. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, basically, a, a, just, to loosely describe it, a covert, uh, like a covert operation, um, that was set to, uh, that was basically done on unwilling or unsuspecting people of the U S and Canada, uh, to practice mind control, uh, which started yeah. in 1953. Um, they used LSD uh, in a lot of cases, basically drugging people to tr- to tap into their minds. Um, yeah. And so in this case, the way that they described Polybius, because there's no documented footage of the game. There's one one technique, the, the only thing that's considered to be real of the title screen. The title screen, Polybius, again, with just a copyright at the bottom. Uh, copyright 1981, Cenis Lotion. Um, you know, okay. there's no actual game footage, but it was claimed to have uh, basically to be a space shooter game with a lot of flashing colors and weird shapes and these kind of weird mind trickery um, that they claim to be similar to side effects of being on LSD. You
1: know, um,. I pulled up I pulled up the image right of the the supposed start screen right yep here I believe in the in the story you uh described the the title as bubbly bubbly correct. right It's funny because as soon as I saw this font that was supposedly used it looks like bubbles the game bubbles exactly yep that's start screen It looks just like it. In the
0: 80s, at that point, especially in 1881, this font that's used on here was not something that was used very often because it took way more to create this start screen with this type Uh of font, these smooth, uh, smooth characters and everything than most games could do at the time. I mean, even right. look at Donkey Kong, one of the most successful games creating the entire Mario franchise. Yeah, um, looks like
1: shit compared to this. Exactly. So,
0: yeah. you know, and I mean, that's another another thing. But yes, it does look very, very, very similar to Bubbles.
1: Yeah, it really does. I mean, our our government has a long history of mind control experiments. Yeah. Uh, right? There was, I mean, MKUltra uh, Ultra was a huge one.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the one of the biggest, literally yeah. dating
1: back from early fifties until today. Uh, I mean, you know who was a a participant in MK Ultra? Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, was one of the patients, and that's yeah. not a conspiracy theory. That's like right. documented An actual fact they pumped that guy full of LSD for like five years. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, yeah, these, we all know what happened. I, I checked out, it just did, you know, in kind of
0: preparation, a couple of videos of people that claim to go through these types of LSD training uh, for mind control and how it affected their lives. Um, That's and a lot of, a lot of these people feel like they have no control over anything anymore. Yeah. You know, even years, years Later I feel like they they literally have no personal control over anything. yeah and I know that there was a there was one I, I can't remember specifically but there was a doctor that would take uh, that would take patients that were uh, either like already suffering from some some sort of diseases, uh, maybe even uh, mental cases things like that and he would put them into medically induced comas. And then pump them full of LSD as well. Oh my god! Just just so they could they could try and provide all these like external external things to them to try and control their way of thinking and everything after they pull them out of these comas. Right. Um, and this is something that was uh, it was widely used, and you know, like which to me is very fucked up. Like yeah, you know, and that's something that still happens to this day, though. You know, the government is still practicing mind control. There's lots of different ways that they're able to do it now that they've developed after, you know, all of these, these you know, previous ways of, of doing it. Right. Yeah, for um, sure. You know, it, in a lot of cases and, and some of the things I was reading is uh, there was some comments and quotes, which I don't have a particular one, um, but there was one that I, I do remember coming across that stated basically, you know, the government has always tried to find a way to tap into people's lives and they're still doing it to this day and you don't know that they're doing it. Right. You know, and so, you know, like thinking of it like that plus, you know, MK Ultra. plus all the, I mean, there's other different means of mind control and things like that. Different, um, you know, their ad- other avenues and reports and things like that that they did. You know, this very well could even fall in line with that too.
1: Right. You know, because... Is that where you... Is that where you land on this? Like, do you think <laughs> because obviously it could go a lot of ways, right? It very like, well could. Exactly. Is it is it a government conspiracy? Is it I mean, it could be literally all of the subgenres of paranormal could be involved here. Oh yeah. Right. I agree. So like government conspiracy, does it have to do with aliens? You know, is it, that mean, was, because- that was
0: actually one of the first things I thought, uh, when I first started getting into it, like, maybe this is uh, the work of some alien, you know, some like alien outside factor. Maybe that's what created. That's why it came in when no one knew how it came in or it left and no one knew how it left. You know, like there's, there's a lot of things that that could really back it up for sure.
1: Plus, uh, I mean, you can't talk abductions without thinking aliens exactly right you Kid know, goes so, missing for a few months and, and
0: like, in this particular case you know with with this story they never found him yeah and so with the other reports of deaths um you know people committing suicide um you know the one report of somebody having a heart attack while playing the game mm-hmm. you know there are there are scientific reasons you know, a game like this being very flashy could cause epilepsy. It could sure. cause, like, an, epile- uh, an epileptic fit, like, you know, and cause seizures and things like that. It, yeah, that could definitely yeah. explain, you know, a lot of uneasiness, heart attacks, and things like that. Um, you know, as far as explaining why someone would commit suicide, why someone would disappear, things like that, that it doesn't. You know, it definitely yeah. doesn't explain that. And so, I guess before I get into my overall feeling and my overall idea and, and opinion on the thing, um, you know, kind of kind of looking just at the at the further uh, the further thing. Like I said, there was no uh, no documented footage of the game. There's been no, you know, outside of word of mouth, people stating. You know a lot of a lot of people came forward and stated that they played this game um, and they had all these problems so they knew people that played it and ran into all these problems or you know had gotten sick or knew somebody that died from playing the game um you know I think even like that I want to say it's very very paranormal very supernatural yeah um but I can't dismiss the idea of mind control being that trying to create almost a almost like a like a trip that you would you know you would experience while while on LSD, um, right. and that's and that's exactly how the game is described as being almost you know almost like a, a trip that you would experience.
1: So I all think- these geometric shapes and puzzle solving and. Yeah. Just the flashiness, very the
0: washed out, right. It's very, It's it's just really hard to say. And that's where, you know, kind of looking at it like that, I don't know whether I think one way or the other, but I know what I want to think. And like I said, and that's what I want to think. And I think the idea of aliens being involved would make the most sense if you look at it like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, anytime yeah. aliens
0: are involved, it makes the most sense to me. But <laughs> yeah, I have noticed.
1: <laughs> so, no, um, you know, I, I get that. I get that for sure. Um, and you know, it's hard to, it's hard to think, Men in Black, also with not think it, without thinking something about extraterrestrials or, you exactly. know, ultra terrestrials. Um, you know, maybe it was aliens. I don't know. Maybe it was. I mean, with the men in black, it's, it's like 50-50, right? Like, government or aliens. Right, of course. I mean,
0: it, it's, it's, at that point, it is, it's one or the other. Because, I mean, there's, of course... You know, with the reports of gambling and underground casinos, you know, arcade being a front for it, FBI being involved is going to be very much a thing. And it was at the high point of arcade, you know, this arcade, um, you know, craze and culture. Right. The that being, you know, that being a front and lots of cases like that happened throughout the, you know, throughout the world. Um, or throughout the nation, rather, you know, speaking, you know, just to the US, um, you know, because it was such a high, uh, high craze and such a big point that there were, I mean, there were even competitions. There were competitions where people would play hours on end. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. with arcades being such a massive, massive thing at that point, <laughs> what better way to really hide some crazy shit that you're doing? Other than making it something that's going to be very populated and, you know, no one has to worry about it.
1: Uh, yeah. A building that's going to be packed with people every night.
0: Exactly.
1: You know, nobody's yeah. going
0: to bat an eye.
1: Yep. So... it makes a lot of sense. I know that arcades were notoriously, like, they were notorious for being fronts for criminal activity in the 80s. For sure. There were a lot of sketchy arcade owners. Mm-hmm. And, Yeah. So there were there were I a definitely bunch, get that's for sure. <laughs> I definitely get the government interest. Mm-hmm. Right? I I mean honestly, I got to say that's that's probably where I fall on this is government. Okay. And then the men in, government, men in black being mind control FBI yeah. agents
0: most likely somebody's that's yep. there. Exactly. So, you know, and logically that's where my mind sways. Like I said, I know what I want to think. Yeah. But logically, you know, you have to look at the facts. You have to look at what supports it. And being that point in time, being these, you know, these types of things, you know, MK Ultra being such a big thing especially through that time period too, uh, continued yeah. very very heavily. And so like I said, looking at it like that, you you know, that that that's the only logical explanation.
1: That is if it existed at all, there we go. Right, because so, that's the big question. Is because there's really no legitimate proof that the machine ever even existed. All right, there we go. That's what we're. That's that's what we're going next.
0: So the earliest report of Polybius being referred to, ever, being referred to, was February sixth of two thousand. ...on a website called coinop.org. There was an entry that was made... ...by the owner of coinop.org... ...of this game... ...that existed... um, ...you know, brief description... ...that's all. Fast forward to 2003... ...there was a GamePro... ...article that released on... ...gaming... ...urban legends... uh, ...and they spoke on Polybius... As one of those major urban legends in the gaming industry, Uh, no one knew where it came from. No one knew where you know, like what it was about, other than speculation. Now, the guy that ran CoinOp.org was a guy by the name of Kurt Kohler. Um, you know, he's the one that created this entry, and any guess, just any guess, who brought Polybius to GamePro.
1: Um, I'm gonna guess him Kurt Kohler so okay. he tipped off GamePro about Polybius
0: um, and then Polybius again in 2003 created that article based around gaming urban legends so there's a lot of speculation that uh, Kurt Kohler actually fabricated the entire story of Polybius to gain traction to coinop.org to his website
1: uh, that makes a whole lot of sense.
0: It was actually a very in-depth documentary. If anybody wants to check it out, call uh, from a company or a channel called Ahoy on YouTube, um, and they deep dive into Kurt Kohler and the whole background of this claim and everything, and try to debunk it as much as they can. Um, but it's all it's all basically based around Kohler, you know, providing this information and him being the one that tips off. Game uh, what was it game pro about Polybius? Because you know, at that time there were no other reports of it. And to this day, Sinus Lotion is not an established company. There's no record of it. There's no record of Polybius ever actually existing. There's been a lot of people that have came forward. There was actually a comment that was posted on CoinOp.org. Um Someone claiming to work for Sinus Lotion at the time of the game that was released stated that they were they were informed by um, you know some outside government uh, you know operation basically um, instructed to make this game. Uh, Kurt Kohler actually say, stated that this this comment was false. Um, that it was completely. This person didn't know what they're talking about, you know, so on and so forth, basically. And so, okay. First of all, I wonder how does he know that? Uh, how is he going to yeah. state that this isn't real? You know, when this person is claiming to do this, they claim to be from this company. Uh, and there was also a couple of other. Uh, there was um, another another person I was looking into, uh, which I can't th- I can't think of the name right now. They had actually, uh, upon investigating the Polybius, they received contact from somebody claiming that their father, uh, who had had recently passed away, uh, was part of the company, uh, part of a company or worked for the government, um, and was based around this whole Polybius experiment. Okay. And when when it basically came about, he didn't, you know, he got so fed up with the, the fact or the idea of the mind control, he wanted to do away with it. He ended up stealing uh, the last known Polybius gaming cabinet in existence at that point. And started, he stole it and basically hid it in plain sight. Uh, cut to a couple years later, the guy ends up having uh, you know this this crazy meltdown. He's obsessed with this game, uh, obsessed with the whole idea and everything around it, and preserving it. But also, you know, taking away the government's uh, you know possibility of continuing their mind control experiments through it. He ends up going crazy, goes to prison, and dies. Um, okay. And so, and this is this is another report of somebody you know that came out and stated this is what happened. Yeah. Um, and there's been a lot of other reports of people coming out and saying that they played it. They knew somebody that played it. They need somebody that died. They need somebody that was a part of the company. Um, there was actually really funny. There was an episode of The Simpsons where Bart goes to an arcade and plays a game and next to him as is is a Polybius gaming cabinet. Uh, yeah. you know, so it's been so, so embedded in, in media these days. Uh, that it's became this giant uh, this giant thing. And so getting back into we don't know whether this is real or not. we don't know whether the game ever existed. I want to say it's completely false. Um, yeah, I don't buy into it, you know at this point. like I said, you know, I know what I wanted, I know what I what made the most logical ex- explanation, but learning of Kurt Kohler's tie in with this knowing that there was no ever established thing of anything ever being in, you know, any games ever existing until 2000 when he made a report on his website. You right. know, that that to me it, it just it smells so much of just a whole a whole giant hoax or a whole means of just trying for his own personal
1: gain, right? Right. To try to drive traffic to his site. You know, all those, you know what all that sounds like to me? All that, like, a guy saying his dad worked for the company, a guy coming out and saying, oh, I worked for the company and we did this with the government and all that. Right. All that sounds to me like early internetters piling on to and trying to add to an urban legend. It's fucking creepypasta. That's all it is. It is. That's exactly what it is. It's creepy pasta. This is this is if Slenderman was a video game.
0: Yes. So much. <laughs> that's what it is.
1: Yeah, and, and that's that's exactly
0: what I think. And you know, as much as as I love the whole idea of it and I think it's it's very out there um, you know, and I love the idea that could be it could be the government, it could be aliens, you know. Right. And just the idea of uh, you know being being someone that's very into video games, you know, just, you know, just as you are, like, you know, you yeah. know, the idea of, of that surrounding, uh, this whole, this whole ordeal sounds awesome. And it'd be so much fun, but at the same time, like you have to look at it from a very, very, very logical point of view and take in the facts, um, you know, this dismissing any of the previous supernatural government involvement or anything like that, we know in the 80s, you know, arcades being a front for criminal activity explains yep. Men in Black. We know, you know, lots of gaming systems that were tested under blank, blank cabinets. Um, yep. You know, it could explain anything. And again, there was that polyplay game that a lot of people think that maybe these people coming forth and saying, oh, I remember playing this game when I was younger. Polyplay, polyplay was a was a gaming cabinet full of eight different games at the time. And they uh, had a lot of they had a lot of very abstract games and things like that. So, you know, every recount is different. Yeah. Every recount of the game is different. That could fully explain it right there. Thinking, yeah. oh, poly, poly, you know, polyplay. They played, you know, there was eight different games in this in the in this cabinet. And so that's why nobody is, you know, it's not always the same. Um and Tempest was massive at that point too, yeah, you know. Tempest and so, awesome. it's very, very similar to Tempest uh, yeah. from a lot of you know recounts of it too. So, like I said, there's just too much that really backs it up from not being a real thing. And we still have. I mean, there's no way you can even look up any any database, any even internet database uh, where you can look up everything. You know, you can literally look up every every type of you know gaming company or anything that's ever existed or will, ever will exist. In, you know to this day, um, and this Sinus Lotion company has never been a thing. Polybius yeah. has never been a thing until two thousand. So that to me, I think is enough is enough
1: to really just debunk it. Yeah, sounds like full bullshit to me. Agreed. Yep. Yeah. But man, that's still, a bummer, though. It's still what a, a remarkable cool premise. story, exactly
0: right. The idea of it's still super cool, and I mean, if something like that ever exists, that'd be really stellar. Um, I think you know, to right now, I think there are there are probably games out there that the government has worked with gaming companies on to oh, definitely. Uh, to get into the heads of people or you know tap into their minds and things like that, because that's not
1: that's not a stretch at all. No. Not at all. But, I mean, we've talked in the past about, you know, government involvement in media and oh yeah. When they want when they want certain certain ideas put out into the ether and circulated, you know, they'll get behind a game or a movie or any media that will put that idea out for them. Yep. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And in such and- as things preparing people for the idea of aliens. Right. Yeah, that's a huge one. That is that is a yeah. big one,
0: and just as we talked about recently, um, you know, just getting that out of the media, making it a wide known thing, and putting it out as delicately as possible, and video games is, are another means of doing so. Right,
1: easing people into the concept.
0: Yep, exactly. Yeah.
1: Now, well, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure those things exist. I'm sure that that's done on a regular basis. Polybius, though, I'm not. You're right. I'm not buying it.
0: No, I did. I did try to do some more digging because, you know, once I got to that point, knowing how I felt, uh, being so just disappointed in the fact that it's clearly a hoax. Um, yeah. There was a company uh, that created a game called Polybius under the name of Sinus Lotion that's been around for about twenty years, uh, twenty plus years at this point.
1: Yeah, a PC game, right? i um, So yeah, it it is
0: a well. There's actually been a lot of games that have came forward and being, yeah, you know, claiming to be Polybius. It was actually a PS4 game, a VR yeah. game called Polybius that was released. Uh, but this is a game that's been around for about twenty years, and. Uh, you know claiming to be under sinus when you look into like uh, the actual game files and some of the coding states the developer as Igor Uspains uh, which okay. if you rearrange the characters it spells rogue synapse okay so rogue synapse is a company uh, a guy a company that made games based off of pop culture. Films, um, you know, things like that. So, they made Space Paranoids, uh, a game Tron based off of Tron, uh, Bishop of Battle, uh, which was, um, I believe it was Bishop of Battle that was the Emilio Estevez movie where he gets sucked oh, yeah, into yeah. the game. Um, yeah, you know, so yeah, so they made, you know, so this Rogue Synapse, you know, this Igor Uspain's, you know, being. Uh-huh. Rearranged to be rogue Spin- uh, synapse, um, right. you know, is most likely the developer that made this game that's been around for you know twenty plus years. Um, that's the okay. only technical Sinus Lotion game that has existed. Again, there's been a lot of a lot of ones claiming to be a lot of people that have made games. There's actually been a lot of really cool uh, games inspired by Polybius that look yeah. really stellar, but nothing that is actually legit and based from 1981 that we know of you know who's to say though this isn't real maybe kurt kohler knew a little bit more and he you know he had a little bit more insight than he's trying to you know trying to get more information or trying to find somebody that has more information on it um you know who's to say that that's not the thing but you know that's just a stretch, and that's me stretching to try and you know, try to yeah, make I it know. as real as I can, but I don't, I, I don't. It's not possible. No way. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'd love it to be real, but I'm, I'm with you on that. Yep. Have you? Did you consider trying the, the little PC game? I watched it. And it looks like dog shit. Did it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was it at all like the way they describe it in the Urban Legend? Um,
0: not really. So basically, the way this is, is you have a little tiny spaceship at the bottom. Uh, uh-huh. Whatever whatever it is. And you basically just move from left to right and tap the space bar. And there's numbers that flash up on the screen uh, in a spiral. Just a constant spiral just moving around. And the okay. whole premise, I, I don't understand. And everything I've watched, nobody can quite figure it out either, um, okay. because you're you're either looking for your numbers or or whatever else. But there's also all these random shapes and things like that that are flying throughout this kind of space or this um right. you know, this void or whatever, right? But then you have these numbers that are going around, and I like from the way that I understand it, or it, I could be a hundred percent wrong. And if somebody else knows, like, let us know. But um you know it it, what it seems like is you're trying to hit these numbers but you're also trying to like add or subtract and do all these weird things by doing this it it literally makes no sense
1: so i have no desire to ever even try it you think maybe the game was just like intentionally obtuse to be like to try to come off trippy like the urban legend yep okay i do
0: yeah that's exactly that's exactly what i think because they were trying to make it as weird and as like complicated and off the wall as possible to where people would be like oh this might be the real thing you know because it just makes no fucking sense oh man this is so deep (laughs) exactly (laughs) like it just it's a whole ass waste of time even watching it so don't bother (laughs) 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 Right. <laughs> <laughs> there's also been some really cool ones though, because I've seen some really awesome ones where you're literally flying through space in this like uh, this uh, like uh, like uh, almost spherical um, tube, you know, and you're trying to like dodge all this stuff, but also like there's there are a lot of crazy trippy colors and and shapes, and you know a lot of it does you know kind of reflect the way that Tempest is. Um, okay. You know, like but a modern
1: tempest. Very yeah, exactly. Okay. And then
0: even looking at the PSVR one, uh the PS4 VR one, what took that to a whole nother level. And look, super stellar. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind playing that one. Uh nice. you know, but a lot of the others are really basic. And all they use is flashing flashing lights. And then yeah. a lot of just uh you know subtle um subtle mind games. And flashing words that would appear, uh, subliminal messages, if you will, just to try and right. come off like maybe it's using some form of mind control. No, it it's just silly. And so I I I invested a whole lot into this, really, really hoping to come out, you know, with something that I would be really pumped that, you know, and try it and try and not debunk it or try and like really. You stand, stand my ground, and everything, but I can't. Like, it's impossible. It's because it is. It's such a very. I mean, it's very obviously fake, and okay. yeah, that's what it is. I mean, you you win some, you lose some, you know exactly. You know, but yeah. that's that's kind of the goal, and I like the idea of being able to also be able to debunk it too. You know, yeah. because we have yeah. enough data to really. Or maybe know
1: that it's bullshit.
0: Maybe the absence of data, uh, technically right. in this case, is what lets us know it's
1: bullshit. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I guess it's bullshit.
0: <laughs> I think it's bullshit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that wraps up episode six, Polybius. Thank you, thank you, thank you, from the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly
0: If you love the show, please rate and
1: review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thank you, as always, to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram um, for his song Dying Star. That's from the EP Interstellar. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers... Stay weird, and trust in the unknown.